And now, story time with Mr. Black. On the Pacific front in World War II, America engaged in war with Japan. There were about half a million Americans that gave their lives after being attacked at Pearl Harbor, and they took the lives of roughly two million Japanese. Around the world, the amount of death was massive. It was beyond comprehension. Roughly about 55 million of the people who died in World War II were civilians. About 25 million of them were military. Literally close to 5% of the world's population was slaughtered in World War II. In World War II, there was also about 5 million people who were taken prisoner and placed in POW camps, you know, prisoner of war camps, or what some call concentration camps. The Japanese ran many concentration camps in the Pacific where they captured Americans and held them hostage. Think about this. We're familiar with the death camps in Nazi Germany, but Russia and Japan had their own death camps as well. During World War II, there was an infamous prisoner of war camp, Las Banos. It was located in the Philippines. The day-to-day operations were run by a Japanese officer by the name of Sadaki Konishi. Konishi was a lieutenant in the IJA, the Imperial Japanese Army. Konishi was actually the second in command over the prison camp at Las Banos in the Philippines, but was in charge of dealing directly with the prisoners in the camp. Now, Konishi had a reputation of being ruthless. He was brutal, a torturer, essentially a murderer who took great joy out of the pain he could inflict on those under his care. His objective was essentially to take the life of all who were under his command. As a matter of fact, in his book, Deliverance at Las Banos, author Arthur Anthony gave us Kanishi's motive. As one internee told investigators during his debrief upon rescue from the camp, quote, he tortured and abused U.S. soldiers and enjoyed it because of his racism. Konishi would brag of his racism against white people, to his troops, and to his captives. Matter of fact, he self-identified as the strongest white race hater in the Imperial Japanese Army. His racism and hatred, his cruelty to those of the white race, showed up in his actions. He did a number of things to bring about the death of those in his camp. He was known to withhold salt in order to give cramps to the internees and also cutting the food rations for all the people who were held there as prisoners. He went so far as to dump a truckload of fruit on the asphalt behind the camp, telling the prisoners that if they wanted any food, they would have to go to the ground and eat it. But in the extreme heat of over 110 degrees Fahrenheit, the fruit rotted in the pile, and it was well beyond scavenging. One of the most inhumane things he did was to starve people for days and weeks until they were so ravished in their hunger that they would eat anything and then serve them rice in the shell. See, the shells were razor sharp. And when in their starving conditions and with no tools to shell the rice, they went ahead and ate it. It was a death sentence. As they ingested the rice with the shell still attached with its razor-sharp edges, it would slice and dice their organs open, causing severe internal bleeding and a painful, slow death. 
In the war, the Allies were gaining momentum, and the end of the war would be coming soon. In order to feed his hatred and racism, he set a day in which he decided he would kill all the remaining prisoners in the camp. That day was February 24th. It was going to be the end of all prison life in Camp Los Banos. On that day, February 24th, 1945, he had determined he would wipe out the remaining prisoners. What he didn't expect was that American troops were going to arrive the day before. February, 24, uh, February 23rd, 1945, under the command of General Douglas MacArthur. They liberated that camp on February 23rd, the day before the planned mass extinction of all U.S. troops were held. All the lives of the remaining prisoners were spared. However, Konishi escaped with his life and disappeared into the unknown. He returned a few days later with a force of men, but by then the camp was empty. The Japanese massacred some 1,500 men, women, and children in adjacent towns, which they suspected of collaborating with the liberators. As the war came to a close, Konishi again disappeared and melted into society to hide from arrest and prosecution. For a year or so, the search was made to find him and bring him to justice. Eventually, he was found. He had changed his identity and worked as a gardener in a golf club in Manila in the Philippines. Konishi was later tried for war crimes and convicted in the Philippines and hanged in Japan. However, before his execution, he made a statement. And here was his statement. I believe in and I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said to him, how did you come to know Christ? He said he had been deeply affected by the testimony of the Christians he had persecuted and slaughtered. It was the testimony of those Christians in the direst, most horrific possible circumstances that the Lord used to bring him to himself. For him, his hanging was simply his doorway into heaven. Now, I don't know if you can imagine that you could live like that in that condition and still make that kind of impact as those prisoners. Talk about prejudice. These men were treated with absolute harshness, unfairness, unjustness, hatred, torture, all because of the color of their skin, all because of the country they came from, all because of the uniform they wore. Yet in their lowest point, they lived for their highest calling. In our weakness, his strength is perfected. I must decrease so he can increase. There are basically two driving forces in life, the desire for pleasure and the avoidance of pain. It's called neuroassociative conditioning, NAC. In other words, we are either moving towards something or moving away from something. I was a single dad for about a decade. When I raised my two older children, Faith and Christian, basically on my own, I would use this understanding of neuroassociative conditioning to make my point. See, I would be out with my kids and I would see other kids acting up at dinner or a movie or in a store, and I would get Faith and Christian's attention, and I would point at those other children, and I would say, if you ever act like that, and my daughter, she was my oldest, Faith would cut me off and say, I know, Dad, I know. You see, ladies and gentlemen, as a leader, 
we need to understand people are watching and they're using us as a role model. They're either deciding I want to be like that person or I would never be like that person. Every one of us is a leader. Every one of us is a role model. Every one of us is being watched by others. Do others want to move towards what you are doing and who you are? Or are they moving away from what you are doing and who you are? Billy Graham said decades ago, Christians give more people reason to move away from God than anything the devil could devise or any of his wiles. The question we must ask ourselves is this. Are more people moving towards our values and our beliefs based on our actions and interactions? Or are they moving away from my God, from my values, and from my beliefs based on those actions? It's not enough to cross the finish line of life and claim to be successful. One of the keys in life is this. How many people are you bringing across the finish line of life with you? You see, a party of one is not much of a party at all. We're all here to impact others in a positive way. How many people are closer to their dreams, their potential, their God because of you? This is why leaders must consider the questions, if not you, then who? If not now, then when? You have been listening to Mr. Black, Master Trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.